Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Bible scholars, I like for everybody to point to yourself. Everybody point to yourself and say, I'm a Bible scholar. Now, that wasn't very, very strong, was it? I'd like for you to point to yourself again and say, I am a Bible scholar. I'm a Bible scholar. I'm a Bible scholar. Now, we have been doing this for the last several weeks um, in Bible study. We've been taking the book of Proverbs, chapter 15. And tonight's going to be the last night we're going to do this, and then we're going to go on to some other lessons. But. And we might do this down the road. We've had a good time doing it. Matter of fact, we have found a many wonderful interpretations of the scriptures from many of our people. That's the reason why I knew that we were going to have some good thoughts come about the, um, the scripture and interpretation of scripture. Uh, when you look at it from life's perspective, you, you have a, more of an understanding of what you think you do in the word of God and we've heard some tremendous tremendous word from this congregation and uh, I knew that you had it in you so um, we want to finish this off tonight we have six scriptures at the end of Proverbs Um, I would like to uh, ask my partner in crime here if he could come and help me out Brother Raymond not that we're criminals or anything, but <laughs> he is masked, though. I and I've got my mask right here for later. So. But if you'd turn in your Bibles to the Book of Proverbs, chapter fifteen, we're going to start with verse twenty-eight. And and as we read these scriptures, and then also those online, if they would like to uh, uh, comment on this, they've they've given some good comments here also. Uh, but as we read the scripture, and I also talk about some of the key words and the meanings of some of these key words, uh, and you feel like that you have a thought on this scripture, raise your hand. Uh, the reason why we're using the mic, of course, is because we want those online to be able to hear it, and then also we have uh, recording here. So I don't want to scare you, but we are recording this every week. So everything that you've said, uh, we've got proof that, uh, of what you have said. So, yeah, that, it's kind of scary at times, but, but we've heard all good reports, good words, good things. So, okay, we're going to look into the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, and it says uh, in verse 28, the heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give some of the key words here. Uh, the heart of course the heart definition of this is the seat of emotions and passions and conscience the heart the seat of emotions and passions and conscience 
of the righteous righteous meaning lawful and just they studieth studieth means and this is figure this one out one of the definitions of studieth is growl <laughs> uh, I don't know that's got to have some kind of a meaning there with this but it means growl meditate devise plot and speak studieth and then the word answer studieth to answer is to respond to testify and to speak and then uh, colon and then it goes on but the mouth or the word definition of mouth is in this scripture is word the word of the wicked wicked meaning guilty hostile to God or toward God uh, poureth out evil things poureth means to gush forth emit and this is interesting too in definition emit a foul odor emit a foul odor poureth or gush forth or emit a foul odor and then evil of evil things evil wicked or hurt wicked or hurt so let me read that verse one more time the heart of the righteous studieth to answer but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things anybody have any thoughts on that scripture I know you're thinking sister Juan yes The only thing I can think of is Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, anytime the uh, reporters ask him a question, or anybody else for that matter, he always paused before he answered. And they started saying that he had Alzheimer's. and But he was smart. He paused before he answered and got his thoughts together because you know how the reporters are. Yes, yes. One thought about that is one time he asked, he uh, one of the reporters asked Ronald Reagan uh, if someone of an older age could conduct the business of the government or whatever. I don't. That's not the exact words. And was asking him what they were doing. Was pointing to Ronald Reagan because he was older. Uh, are you, in other words he was saying in a roundabout way can you being old like you are be able to handle this government and his response was uh, you know I don't uh, I don't hold it against those that that of their youth that can't do this but along the lines that he can that wasn't the exact wording of it but it was very sharp thought so I know he probably paused at that when he gave that answer he did have some very wise answers, yes. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. So I am very um, quick to speak, but then when I start to speak, I'm like, wait, what am I trying to say? So um, I'm kind of in a season of my life where I'm learning to ask God first, because I've never really done that. Um, I'm actually kind of embarrassed to say that, but I am doing it now. So um, what I get from this is the heart of the godly studies 
to speak. I kind of wrote it a little differently too. Um, the heart of the righteous studies to answer. So you ask God first. You study before you speak. Mm-hmm. You don't just spew, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So you don't, you don't just spew things when you feel it. And I'm kind of learning that myself too. So that's what I, does that make sense? Yeah, at all? Okay, that's how I get it. Amen. We're all learning that for sure. Yeah. Very good. Who else? This just reminds me a whole lot of the scripture that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, but the righteous, I think, the reason that they're righteous is because you know, they're upright uh, because they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to obey the laws. They're lawful. And when you do that, you do take more time um, to think about your answer. And it does come from a heart, obviously, that is upright, that a heart that wants to obey the laws. I just think it's real interesting that it's talking about the heart versus the mouth here. Um and like I said, out of the heart, the mouth does speak. So obviously, what's in the heart of the wicked is very evil things. And it just pours out. They don't even think about They don't care because they are evil or because they're wicked. They don't care how it offends. They don't care what it sounds like. Um, they, they have no regard for other people's feelings. They're just going to say whatever they're thinking. Um, which goes back to pride and selfishness and all of that, which is how the wicked are. So I just think it's interesting that he says the heart and the mouth. Um, But we know that it means that, you know, out of the heart, whatever's in your heart is going to come out. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Let me read it again. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Sister Lonnie. When I think of the heart of the righteous studies to answer, um, when you're studying, so you're saying it's growling is a dog, when a dog growls, I was thinking about this, when our dogs growled on the farm, they were either thinking of how to take off our friend's legs, you know, like in a stoop position, or, or they were going after wild animals that were going for the cows. You know what I'm saying? So they were growling, thinking about how they're going to do the attack. So, you know, I mean, that could be how growl fits this. I think things get, you know, gets craw in my, what does Brother Ryan call that? Craw in your whatever. You know what? Anyways, it gets in my head and then I can't get out of it. Um, so the heart of the righteous, a righteous person to me is somebody that wants to know God, wants to know the kingdom of God, knows, wants to know how the kingdom of God runs so they can run with it. You know, that you think in the righteous way, in the, in the way that's what's right and best. So those people, <clears throat> I think we... T- uh, you tend to think it out before you speak anything. You tend to think and weigh it. Is that the truth or is that not the truth? Is this the right way or is it the wrong way? What is it weighed out against 
God's word. Um, um, but, and, and, and we t I think in general, we tend to think of wicked people as really, really, really mad, nasty, mean. But wicked in the Bible are also fools, you know? And haven't we learned that? I mean, they're, they're just as wicked. And people who just don't want God. And often those people just say anything to make you want to make you like them or to make themselves look really good or and they're and they're not concerned whether it's a lie or not they're not concerned about fabricating they're not concerned about weighing it against what's right and what's true they just kind of dump on you so in the classroom with eighth graders eighth graders can be a little uh raunchy for a lack of a better word. And I used to tell them, go vomit in the hallway with all of your words. Don't do it in my classroom. Because that's what it was like. It was like they were just, spew is a good word. Anyways, that's what I think about. When Very good. Um, yes. When you read this and you talked about study, it reminded me of meditate, and you said meditate. So it reminded me of Psalms 1 where it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. There's a difference when we keep our mind on Jesus, on, you know, good stuff in, good stuff out, mm -hmm. trash in, trash out. It's just how we, what we think about will come out. Yeah. Out of the mouth, the heart speaketh. Yeah. So. Amen. Very good. Very good. Before we go to the next verse, I do want to mention one thing here. And as I read, poureth, it says the wicked poureth out evil things. And I mentioned in poureth, meaning gush forth, and also it said emit a foul odor. I got to thinking about that, how that would really fit. But when you, when you think about that definition, when, how many times is when people spoke things out of their mouth it was almost like a foul odor that lingers and it's hard to retract you know what I'm talking about and uh, it, it affects people a long time after the word is spoken so it, it just kind of hit me when I started looking at that definition but anyway I mean, you might get something out of that okay let's go on to verse 29 and it reads, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Brother Eric? Um, the Lord is far from the wicked, and... and uh, I don't think that was the Lord's choice to be far from the wicked. Uh, the prodigal son uh, made a choice to go to a faraway land. He made that choice. Uh, God has given us an inheritance, and uh, we can squander that uh, that inheritance He's given us. We could we could throw it away, and uh, so I don't. I don't believe it means the Lord is far away from the wicked because he made that choice. We know that uh, darkness and light can't dwell together. And, uh, but once again, it's, it's, it's uh, the person that's living in darkness is separating themselves from God. And uh, uh, we know when the prodigal son came back, uh, 
the father took him right back immediately and uh, uh, he was able to hear him then he was able to tend to him he was able to help him heal and to help him repair and to help him rebuild and uh, but that's just what really really strikes me I, I think some people would read this and say oh yeah God doesn't want anything to do with you because you're wicked oh no God wants everything to do with you he just he just you know it doesn't well it's not it was not his choice to be far away and uh, uh, that that's just what really 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 hits me about it and and uh, uh, and people you know uh, I was thinking about for, for, forgive my old music but uh, Johnny Cash God's gonna cut you down God doesn't want to cut anybody down and uh, uh, God, God just wants to heal and he wants to, to restore and uh, but that's that's my that's just my uh, view on it. So very good, good thought. Well, you have an Elvis thing. You're gonna oh, it's Johnny Cash and Elvis here. <laughs> Sisters one. Okay, so um, from what uh, Brother Eric was saying, I was thinking of. Um, uh, Brother Stewart from Monrovia, Africa. He was here a few years ago. Um, and the the leader of the army, they were at war there. And the leader of the army visited um, a witch doctor who told him to do some despicable things and he would uh, prevail in the war. And the murdering that that man did was uh, the way Brother... Stuart described it. I will never forget it. I don't know how many years ago, but it was, I can't even say it out loud. I'll spare you the gory details, but that man was definitely very far from God. But Brother Stuart said eventually he came to church, that man who murdered a lot of people, not just in the war, but he murdered people to please the witch doctor who blessed his efforts in the war. And um, he repented. The only righteousness, and it says uh, the prayer of the righteous God hears, and the only righteousness in us is what God has put there. Otherwise, there is no righteousness in us. But um, he was able to repent. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And Brother Stewart said, if you ever think that there's anything you have ever done that God cannot forgive you, remember this leader of this army. And you'll know that all you have to do is repent. Be sincere, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and forgive you. Yep. Good. Some good thoughts here. Good thoughts. Let me read that again. The Lord is far from the wicked but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. And some of the definitions here, far, of course, we know in this, we, you know, it's something far away, but it says distant land, distant land. Uh, wicked, it means hostile to God, against God and man, and heareth is uh, a word that means attentive, attentive. Anybody else?
so at first with the word hears, I was thinking, you know, it's a contrast. He's far, but he can hear the contrast between the two. And so at first I was thinking like, okay, you have to be in close proximity to someone to hear them. But then you said attentive. And so it's not just that he can hear you. Um, I, I think about like with my kids, they'll say like, can you even hear me? <laughs> um, and I know she can. <laughs> but, um, but there's a difference between just hearing and being attentive to. And you can feel when someone is paying attention to you. Um, it's much different than just they hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. So um, that's just very comforting <laughs> to know that the Lord is attentive uh, to our prayers. Amen. Very good. Brother Ron? In, in thinking about this one, um, and again, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with Brother Eric, the Lord didn't move, it was the wicked one who moved, but in the fact that he moved, his distancing of himself from God, uh, it created an attitude that's not going, it's not going to allow him to ask for forgiveness. Um, so God can't answer his prayer because he's not going to pray, because he's distanced himself from God on purpose. He's moved away from God. He's gotten to the point where he's so far separated from God, there is no prayer being offered, so God can't hear prayers that aren't prayed. And then the prayer of those who are righteous are the prayers, I think, that reach out for the heart of God to revisit the heart of the wicked because they have no hope unless we pray for them. That's the purpose of the righteous. It's to reach out for those who can't pray for themselves, who will not pray for themselves, who will not reach out. It's the righteous. It's our job to reach out for them until their hearts can be changed to where they will once again pray for themselves. Mm. And that's what I see. Very good. Very good. Look at the different perspectives here, but they all connect. Every one of them connect. And that's the way the scripture is. Thank the Lord. Okay, I'm going to go on to the next verse. <clears throat> verse 30 says, The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart. And a good report maketh the bones fat. I've heard that quoted here recently in the church. Um, let me give some of the definitions here. Light means brightness, cheerfulness. So the brightness and cheerfulness of the eyes rejoiceth. Rejoiceth means to brighten and cheer up the heart. And then it goes on and says, and a good good meaning pleasant and agreeable a good report which report means news and announcement maketh the bones and in this definition of bones meaning essence substance and strength maketh the essence substance and strength fat now the word fat meaning become prosperous anoint to satisfy to remove and this is interesting here too but it says 
become prosperous, anoint, to satisfy, but then it says to remove ashes from the altar. To remove ashes from the altar, which is part of the meaning of fat. Anybody have a thought on that? The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. I hear this. I think of a... Um you do something good for somebody, it makes you feel good. So, I can't read that. Um, the good report makes the bones fat. When somebody does something good for somebody, you get goodness out of it because it makes you feel good that you did something good for somebody else, mm -hmm. so it makes your bones fat. That's what I get out of it. It's good. Very good. Someone else? Brother Austin? Since we were gone last week, I feared Janae might have four or five more times to go before the night's over. <laughs> She's going to make up for lost time. I, I thought of that before I even walked in the sanctuary. I just knew as soon as I got the mic, I was going to say it. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, Timothy had a lot more time to talk. Last week, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I didn't, I'm wanna, kidding. I didn't want to speak first because I didn't want to be <laughs> foolish again. I'm never going to forget that. Um. The thing that stood out to me about this is that um, the light of the eyes and the good report, neither one of them are based on anything that's situational. It's just saying that, like, basically the, the way I read it is, like, the light of your eyes, how you present yourself, the way you look, your, your countenance can make the heart rejoice. And the words you speak can make your bones, can make the bones fat. So it has nothing to do with the situation at hand, but everything to do with how you carry and can, can present yourself mm -hmm. can change the situation. Very good. Very good. Someone else? Janae, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> By the way, your thoughts are very, very good. <laughs> there was a testimony, and it was an, of, of an 84-year-old woman that two weeks ago, she was in church and she got baptized in Jesus' name. She had been blind for 20 years. And God, she said, I went home and everything, I didn't think about it. The next day, she said, my daughter picked me up to take me to Alabama. She said, I started seeing trees and I started seeing color. And I started seeing with my eyes things that I haven't seen for 20 years. She says, you don't know how good that was, how good that. Je only Jesus Christ could do that no one else could do that for me 20 years and she said so I told my children she said I've seen my grandchildren for the first time some that have been born in the last 20 years I'd never seen their face I get to see their face they're Facebooking me I'm seeing everybody she's was it was such a joy her she was rejoicing she, and a good report makes the bones fat but when you get a good report like that you share that news and that's what she was doing she says my kids you watch they're going to come into the church my kids are going to come into church because of what God has done and there's a scripture that says that the God of this world blinds us you know we don't have to be physically blind but we can be blind by the God of this world or the devil can blind us but when we repent when we are baptized in Jesus name when we receive the Holy Ghost it's like your eyes are open you get an understanding and then you receive a testimony and that testimony will you other people will see that you are you're 
healed emotionally and internally um, if you if you are a prodigal or if you stepped away from God and you and God comes and he just cleans you and makes you whole again and you repent then it becomes a good report and then you begin telling others about that and people are going to see changes and it's just there's a difference between a skinny person and a fat person the fat person they said back in like the early centuries it was a good thing because it showed that they were healthy you know now <laughs> you know but do you understand what i'm saying they knew that that person that that woman or that if you look in the pictures don't look at them all but there <laughs> that, that they were healthy that that mean health that meant health back then so and that's the way that you know we need to be with God we need to be healthy in God and that comes through having a relationship with him but don't let the God of this world even if you repent and you come back into church and you think all's going well and you make a misstep don't let the God of this world blind you and think that that's the end you just keep walking for God because God is going to make you you might be skinny right now but God's eventually going to make you fatten him amen <laughs> <laughs> and f and fat meaning become prosperous, anoint <laughs> to satisfy. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yes. One more, verse thirty. Go ahead. many times we rejoice when we hear a testimony of what God has done right. Amen. Right. yeah we feel good right right absolutely absolutely yes it does praise God okay let's go on to the next verse verse 31 we've got three more verses here uh, the ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise the ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Uh, let me give some definitions. Ear meaning a receiver of divine revelation, an audience, an advertise is the meaning here of the ear. Um, heareth is to hear with attention or interest. Not just hear, but to hear with attention or interest. And then it also has a definition, which is very important, I feel, here in this verse, of be obedient. Be obedient. Reproof means rebuke and correction. Abideth is cause to rest, to lodge, and remain. And then among is the inner part and middle. And then wise is the prudent learned and skillful anybody want to give a thought on that scripture 
Come on, Bible scholars. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. I think every one of us would desire that someone would say that we were wise or we have wisdom. That would make us feel good. But one of the worst things is to be chastised, uh, to be rebuked, to be told you're wrong. It's not very much fun. <laughs> um, and you can hear those words, but not receive those words. So I think it's simply saying you are a wise person who not only hears, but you receive and you obey and you change. And uh, I would add, you do it with a good spirit. <laughs> um, and that's what will make you wise when you receive that chastisement. Right. Very good. Very good. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Uh, we have something here online. Let me see if I can read it here. Good reason to keep ears clean <laughs> to hear the word of the wise. Yes, very good. To keep our ears clean and open so we can hear. Thank you. Thank you very much. I agree with everything that Sister Burke said. And it's easier to hear the reproof of life when you're sitting in the pews and listening to the preacher preach like last Sunday morning when uh, Brother Moore was talking about complacency. Anyone who might be guilty of that, nobody else knows. <laughs> we, but the wise people will pray about that and you know and and listen and get it and and if you think that that's something that you're guilty of then you know you want to change and and that's wise but yeah my favorite way of getting the reproof of life is from the pulpit <laughs> one more or two more here we go two more the ear that heareth the <laughs> I had nothing to do with that <laughs> the ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise um, yeah, I was thinking that well when I look at the scripture I think it's kind of talking about the correction of of life circumstances um, like life lessons almost um Life can teach you a lot of different things, and you know I, I know we're all guilty of not learning life lessons at times, and we go through the same kind of repetitive um, things over and over and over again. Um, and and I mean we all have just different weaknesses in our own lives that are specific to us that um, life tries to teach us a lesson, or God just in our in our lives tries to teach us a lesson and we um, we can either choose to learn from that lesson or we can choose to ignore it um, but some of the most uh, f 
foolish people I've ever met are those who don't ever learn from life lessons. And um, there's people that come to mind that I used to work with, <laughs> but hopefully they're not listening online. Um, but <laughs> but there's, uh, there's a specific person that comes to mind that just never seemed to learn their, from their mistakes in life. Um, and so when life would try to correct them or things in, in their lives would try to correct them um, or even people in their lives would, would say, like, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Eventually, you, why don't you, you know, learn from this? But they just, it's almost like they're kind of blocking out or ignoring it or I don't know what, it, maybe it's out of ignorance, but, um, but the, the person that kind of listens to that correction and like learns from that uh, are those who are going to be among the wise, pe the people that can, the ones that people consider wise in life. Um, and the other thing about this is just that life is a journey. I mean, you go on um, a journey where, you know, you think about, uh, I think about like the Western days where they're like correcting a horse on the trail where, you know, they're pulling it one way or, or the other. Um, and, and that's just, to get from point A to point B sometimes, I mean, we can go in circles, we can go in loops, we can go up and down, but if we continue to learn that, you know, up ahead there's there's traps and there's things that can get me off course, if I learn to keep it on course throughout my journey of life, I'm going to be one of the ones in the end that's wise. Yes, very good. Sister Janine. Um, we've all heard that saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, so, first of all, to stay among the wise is a big deal. Um, and if you are among the wise, I think we can all infer you are wise. <laughs> um, but the comforting thing about this scripture to me is that I don't have to live a life free of mistakes to be wise. I only have to be willing to listen to the reproof following said mistake in order to be wise. Um, and that takes a lot off of my shoulders, you know? Not that, like, the biggest deal in the world is to be wise, um, but it is important. Um, it is important to the Lord. Um, and I have always said that I love praying for wisdom because it is one thing that, like, assuredly God says, pray for wisdom and I will give it to you. You can have wisdom without question. It's not one of those things that you have to like, well, there's a waiting period and you, you know, just pray for wisdom and, and he will give it to you. Um, and so I just, I just love that I can, I can make mistakes and still, and still be wise. Very good. Very good. And, and one thing about that here, like the word heareth, the ear it receiveth, uh, it's a receiver, but it says heareth, but the definition is to hear with attention or interest and be obedient. I mean, I could hear a lot of things. I could hear 10,000 messages taught and preached through the years, but until I am attentive to that and receive that and obey it, it's really not going to do me a lot of good until I do those things, until I 
take that word of God and live by it. Walk with it. Live it every day. Amen. Heareth. Okay, let's go on to verse 32. Uh, great thoughts here tonight. Thank you so much for those thoughts that we've heard on all these verses so far. Uh, verse 32, he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth, there's heareth again, uh, same definition, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Uh, let me just go through some of these definitions. Refuseth is to let go, to let loose, let alone, ignore, neglect. He that refuseth instruction, instruction is discipline, chastening, and correction. Uh, despiseth is to reject, to refuse, to cast away uh, his own soul. Soul is appetite, desire, emotion, passion. And then it goes on and says, but he that heareth, here again, it says uh, to hear with attention or interest, listen and obey. But he that heareth reproof, reproof meaning rebuke, punishment, chastisement, getteth, getteth means acquire, create, buy, possess, and an understanding, which is knowledge, thinking, and conscience. Anybody want to comment on that verse? Yes. First off with this, y'all might find this funny. How many of you have gotten something like a cabinet or table or something you need to put together and you toss the instructions away? I don't need that. Then about two hours into it out of frustration and aggravation, where's that manual? Dig it out of the trash can. I've done this hundreds of times. <laughs> Still haven't learned from it. But I think of this as we have the manual. God gave us it. We have the Bible. That is our manual to the life. It's that simple. Follow the instructions. And we'll be just fine. Very good. Yes. Amen. It reminds me of years ago that we had a, a neighbor in our neighborhood. His son was a good friend of mine. His name was Kelly, Kelly Williams, and his dad was named Buford Williams. And uh, he was a rough character. He, he's the one I've told you about that he would, we would have a apple bobbing contest and he would win without teeth. He, he, <laughs> he got false teeth, had all his teeth removed, and he got false teeth and wore them for about three or four days and kept whittling on them until he got tired of it and he just opened a drawer and threw them in the drawer and his gums got so strong he could, he could win in our apple bobbing contest. But the reason why I say, talk about Buford, he, uh, <laughs> that has nothing to do with what I was going to say, but it's just a nice note here. Um, he was a character for sure. We had a lot of characters in our neighborhood. We really did. But what's that <laughs> did you live there too I, okay. I'm just kidding hey you might as well have fun uh, <laughs> um, but the thing about it he calls up 
Well, he asked his son, go get Mark. He said, I need Mark to come up here. I need to help me put this barbecue grill together. So I get up there and I said, uh, you need me to help you put this together? He said, yeah, I need, I need your help. Uh, I said, well, the instructions are right here. And he said, well, there's not enough pictures in the instructions. <laughs> he was always, he could, he, he could read, but he couldn't read very well. And, but he always went by the pictures. And this, these uh, instructions just didn't have enough pictures, so we needed some help with it. So we had a lot of fun with that. We had a great neighborhood. Oh, you should have lived there. It was fun. <laughs> a lot of memories, a lot of fun. Who's next? Yes, Elise. He that refuseth instruction deviseth or despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getting understanding. So when you said that's the instructions, you follow it, and it's just that simple, it reminded me of a customer that came into the dealership, and somehow we got on the subject of uh, the Bible and church, and he was talking about his kids and the Ten Commandments and the laws of the Bible, and he says, it's there for your protection. So when you go out of that way and you do things that you're not supposed to do and you think you're getting away with it, and he correlated that to his daughter that had the car, they had a car for their kids that they shared, and she got out, she was somewhere where she wasn't supposed to be, and she got into an accident, and she ripped the whole oil pan underneath the car completely out, totaled the car out. And so by doing that, she kind of threw herself under the bus and they found out she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. He said, you know, it's just there for your protection. You do what you're supposed to do and follow the rules and everything will be fine, just like you said. But I thought that was funny. Very good. Very good. Who's next? He that refuseth instruction to despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Uh, I've been going over to the Old Testament here lately, and it seems like that's a continuation of what happened with the people there. <laughs> they refused most of the instruction that was given them. They found themselves in a lot of different trouble a lot of times. Um, you think about um, just when Moses went out on the mountain to have the Lord write the commandments and he gave them instructions sure enough the Lord done spoke to him and let him know what the people already weren't doing <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they were building them a golden calf out of their you know out of everything they could find jewelry and gold and everything and worshiping that and giving you know they got out of they got out of alignment pretty quickly in the Old Testament but if you think about it also like in the tabernacle um, the different items that they put inside of there um, two of the three most everyone wants but the laws were in there too and they weren't ten suggestions at that point you, you better live by them or you're going to die you know what I mean Old Testament um, <laughs> they weren't ten suggestions they were ten commandments but um, it's a little bit harder to live by them you know Luckily, he's wrote upon our heart nowadays, you know, and we got a Holy Ghost, so, and we got a wife to keep us in line. 
<laughs> Very good. Anybody else? One more on this verse, and then we'll go to the last. Oh, two more. Two more. Keeping in line. <laughs> um, we live in a society that is very... It promotes self-love a lot. Um, free yourself, be yourself, love yourself, self-care. And, and it's not that those things are bad in and of themselves. It is important to take care of yourself. And I am thankful for the rise in awareness of mental health and things like of that nature in, in the last few years. Um, but we as a society right now where we are, we think of not letting oppressive voices over us um, have charge in our lives or, or dictate what we do. Uh, we think of that as bondage. We think of that as I'm not free if I, if I have to listen to the authority above me. Um, but what's true, as the scripture says, is that if you don't submit to that authority, you despise yourself. It's actually the opposite of self-love. You hate yourself because you are not allowing yourself to live the way that God, God created us. So he gave us the owner's manual to us, which he created. So it makes the most sense to go by the owner's manual of the one who created us. Like uh, like Raymond said, it's it's just that simple, and we like to overcomplicate it, and we like to make it a bunch of stuff that it's not even about, um, and that is the work of the devil. It's been the work of the devil since the beginning of time to to make things backwards, to just reverse the order of creation, um, and so it's just self love is in our society what it really is is self hatred. The one thing I've, I've talked about it before in the past is that there's no better trait, I believe, than being teachable um, and someone who's willing in all situations. I'd rather hire someone who's teachable than someone who's competent. I'd rather work with someone who's teachable, etc. Um, and when you think about people, when you think about people who are not teachable, um, so many people come to my mind, and I'm not on that list, of course. Um, but so, but so many people come to mind, and you always you always think of them being prideful and the times when you just wish that you could just, you know, beat that thing into their skull that you're trying to let them know that you may have had to learn the hard way and you think that they're prideful. Um, and when you think of someone who's prideful, you think it's because they think so highly of themselves. But when in truth it says, um, he that refuses instruction despiseth his own soul. See, pride tries to protect themselves because they think that they think highly of themselves. Um, Jordan Peterson said, that you should treat yourself like you're someone worth taking care of. And he said that you're more likely to give your dog medication than, than yourself. And it's because through pride, you hide the fact that you don't really love yourself, that you don't really care, care about yourself. Because if, if you were wise, if you weren't prideful, you would treat yourself like you're someone worth taking care of and you would hear reproach and you would allow yourself, um, you would allow yourself 
to love yourself in that way because we love our children and because we love our children we try to discipline them as my child is behaving like an animal but that's the thing is so we 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 force our children to do things that we don't put ourselves through because we love our children more than we love ourselves because though we're prideful it covers up the fact that we truly we despise ourselves when we choose not to hear reproach good all right let's go on to verse 33 this is the last verse uh it says the fear of the lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility Uh, let me give some definitions here fear meaning reverence respect so reverence and respect of the lord is the instruction instruction meaning discipline chastening correction uh, of wisdom wisdom is prudence shrewdness and before honor is humility honor meaning glorious abundance reputation is humility which is gentleness and meekness the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility Who wants to comment on that? The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. I think to me it's it's kind of saying that having the utmost respect for the Lord, which is talking about the the fear of the Lord, it it in itself will generate instructions to becoming wise. If we have the utmost respect for him, then we'll respect his word, we'll respect his instructions, and those lead to wisdom. So just the simple fact of having the utmost respect for him will automatically generate that attitude of becoming wise. You can't help it. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a follow through of that. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is humility is the way that leads to honor. It's not the other way. It's not pride. Pride leads to a fall and the destruction. But humility is the way that leads to honor. Yeah. Very good. Very good thought. Sister Janae, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility more than I would like to admit there are many occasions where I have wished to be um, honored or recognized for something that I did and when it doesn't happen I'm kind of like oh okay but then I'm really thankful (laughs) um, after I actually think about it and process it because I realize that that's just the Lord being gracious to me and helping me not to be prideful because me wanting recognition is is the pride um, if I'm doing everything as unto Christ it doesn't matter um, it doesn't matter if I receive recognition for it or not um, Austin's mom says that um, God keeps good records <laughs> um, 
And that can either be really scary or it can be really comforting <laughs> depending on where you stand. But um, so God keeps good records. I have no need to, to be honored um, because I'm honored by the fact that he chose me and I live for him. And um, I'm just really thankful that he allows those times to just kind of pass over and nothing is said and nothing is done and it, and to just have peace about it. I mean, okay, it's not a big deal. It kind of puts things in perspective. Amen. Anybody else? It just reminds me of one scripture, Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Sums it up. Very good. Very good thoughts. All these, all these comments tonight, very, very good. You just kind of makes you fool inside, again, as we talked about that. When you go into the Word of the Lord and you begin to read it and study it and learn it, um, uh, you just feel full when you go back out into through these doors into our world and live life. And it's important to God and, and live it and obey it. Thank the Lord for His Word. Amen. I'd like for us to stand. And thank you again for everyone that has uh, uh, participated and even those that that uh, might have just stopped and just listened to it. Uh, that's good too. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being here. Uh, but we heard some great, great thoughts and perspectives on these scriptures. Uh, we're going to change, uh, change some things up um, and go back into some teaching. Uh, but uh, thank you for your comments and your thoughts here. I'd like for us to go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to let the word that we have heard just continue to work in our lives. Uh, let it just obey it. Let it work in our lives. Let's, let's thank God for the word here tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the power of your word. It is a gift.